Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say Help is on the way Round in the corner Help is on the way Coming for you Help is on the way Yeah, yeah, I lived enough life now y'all say, oh, this is Pastor Latanya Uyola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. It has been a week. I would like to be able to let my listeners in the United States and around the world, if you are a mother, happy Mother's Day for all the new moms, beginning moms, um, the moms that's been it for a minute. For the ones that are having to take care of your children by yourself. I mean, there are so many different ways, even adopted moms to foster care moms. I want to let you know that you are awesome. And God has been truly blessing to you and to your children. And I want to let you know also that it is written has been an awesome ride. I would like to let you know and let you understand and be able to just be raw on this um, journey with me. I have had some pinnacle moments this week. I've had people I used to be around come and try to prank call me um, because I wasn't in their corner anymore. I didn't um, have the, just the, wanted to acknowledge the things they were into anymore. Certain people don't want to grow out of what they're doing. They always want to stay in it. And God said, that's not my assignment. That's not, that's not how we grow. We need to be able to grow. We have to cut some things. So I was just like, Having to understand and know that certain ways of us, our mindset, the way we think, the way we operate, and God is trying to have us to operate in a different way, different flow this season, it has to manifest. Let me say that one more time. God wants you to operate and flow to go a different way this season because the enemy is busy this week. <laughs> The enemy wanted to sit there and boggle my mind because I am not allowing a lot of different circumstances, people, places, locations, um, situations. I can honestly say I will let nothing separate me from the love of God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Once God has set you a standard, he wants you to fulfill it. And people can sit here and try to place things into your path by manipulation, by the way that they sit there and they give you backhanded comments or compliments, as they say. Um, but it's time out. 
it is time out for all of that. Sometimes they would come and try to talk to you and place, you know, just gossip. And you don't want that trash. So, I mean, just to honestly acknowledge that God is making me and molding me and shaping me into different facets in my life. I don't have time for the mess. I don't have time for the um, way that people think that I should respond because it's not something that is conducive to what God is telling me to do and to what God is telling me how it should be. So I'm going to say it like this. If anything that you have learned from listening to this podcast, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be raw with you because God is real and raw with me. God is honestly doing a whole lot of work on this one right here. (laughs) So as we take this journey, I want to let you know that I am trying new things. I am trying to understand and note what is going on. I am so grateful and blessed to have all these different people around the globe to listen to me, to partake in my life, to be able to have that marinated time with me. I mean, marinate meaning God gives us the word and we have to marinate in it. We have to, you know, toss it around in our head. We have to bake in it. We have to honestly sit there and say, is that me, God? And if it is, then can you please fix me? That type of deal. Um, we also are able to drink of it. We're also able to quench our thirst, not from the worldly standard, but for what God wants us to do. There will be more content coming out um, later on this year, but I am trying to give myself time to be able to study because I want to be able to hit this one hard. It has come into my attention on so many different levels that sometimes we as Christians don't know what is kingdom and what is not. And I'm not saying that, you know, I am the person that, you know, knows it all. I don't. All I know is that when God sits there and he impartakes it to me, I want to give it to you. And I want you to be able to have it to sustain you, to, you know, put it as a foundation for you and your family, for you and your career, your position, whatever you're going through, mentally and physically being able to help you um, have the energy, the know-all to keep going because this is a journey. Well, I just wanted to get that off my chest, but I wanted to let you know, Satan doesn't like you and he don't like me. And that is awesome because at least he knows I'm not on his team anymore. I'm on the winning team. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I am on the winning team. I am not on his team anymore. And he does not like that. So he's going to come after you with discrediting you, manipulation, um, making control of you, trying to put you down, trying to wear you out. 
Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Trying to wear you out, both mentally and physically. If he can't come in and control you like he used to, he's going to try to be able to infiltrate once again and try to be able to come in and take over the territory that was his. And you, as the body of Christ, men and women of God, kingdom men and women of God, you cannot allow that to happen. So let's go ahead and dig into this, okay? All right. And we're talking about the position on the wall. And it's infiltration. And this is the second part that God had given me. Now, I wanted to let you know, we're still going to be in Nehemiah. But we're going to go into, please, please go into Nehemiah. Chapters 2 and 3 is awesome. Y'all, this is neat and potatoes. You look at those scriptures, you read them, you make sure that you talk to God about them and he will give you what you need also. And I wanted to kind of let you know that on verse uh, Nehemiah 2 and 19, but when sent back the Hornite and Toba, the servant, the Amorite and Gisham the Arabian heard they heard it they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said what is this thing that ye do will ye rebel against the king see there are so many people that know and look at you the enemy is letting them know and look at you let me say that one more time for the people in the back See, the enemy is out here and he's seeing you gain ground, gain traction, gain progress. Whatever you may say, you have gained what God is giving you. He does not like your progress. He does not like your gain. He doesn't like your swag. He doesn't like that you are so blessed in God. He wants to sit there and laugh at you. And say, wait a minute, aren't you rebelling against what God ordained in your life? Oh, come on now. He's going to come that way. And you have to honestly sit there and speak to the enemy and tell him that I'm on orders from God. And this is what I'm supposed to do. So I wanted to let you know on today hmm, that on I was honestly looking at this verse just now and God, you know, he put it in my spirit that when I finished doing the first part of this portion of being on the wall, that the enemy was going to come at me because simply I'm being and doing what I'm supposed to be doing for him. That's simply put, but the enemy thought that he can have no can't have me, can't control me. I'm not going back to where I used to be. I'm going to say that one. I don't know about nobody else. He cannot control me. He cannot take, he can take everything else from me, but I know for a fact, and I'm going to say it like this. During this season, I know that God is being able to work so many different situations out in my life. He's able to download, <laughs> as we say, from the computer 
He's being able to put that input, that data, that information that I need into my life. And he's storing that into me for the long term so that when it does come back up again, that I can retrieve it and I'll remember what thus says the Lord. See, I understand that some of us think that our lives are just here and you're gone for that moment. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. God has a purpose and a plan for you. And I don't know who this is for because this ain't even in my notes. But I want to let you know that we all have a purpose and plan for God. And he wants to let you know whether you're from the beginning, a new babe in Christ, or you've been in it for the long haul, or you've been in it so long that your light is about to flicker out. I'm going to say this one more time for the people in the back. This is for the new beginnings, the newbies, the one that are still on the milk. And I want to let you know that God is still there. And for the ones that have been in the long haul and you're still trucking and you're still on the battlefield, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the new ones that came in and changed over and switched over and shifted to where God needs for them to be. I'm proud of the ones that have been in the long haul, but you're lacking because your light is about to go out. Come on now. I need you to come on back up. I need you to start praying. I need you to start meditating. I need you to start reading your word because God needs you on the battlefield. He needs you in your position. He needs you on the wall. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. If your light is almost out, you need to tap into God once again. I don't care if you're a pastor, prophet, preacher, whatever you're at whatever your position is in God, go and tap back into God. And don't you know that God will give you what you need when you need it. And I'm letting you know right now, he has not been faint in how he rewards his people. And it says in the scriptures, do not be weary in well-doing for in due season, ye shall reap if you faint not. Stop sitting up here and saying that, you know, I'm too old. Stop giving that excuse like Moses. Well, my, you know, I have a speech impediment and I can't do this and I can't do that. Okay. Uh, this ain't even in my notes. This is for someone. Stop using excuses and start saying, yes, Lord, I need to move. Yes, Lord, I'm going to obey. Yes, Lord. If you tell me to go, I need to go. Yes, Lord. If I need to stay, I need to stay. If I need to open up my mouth, God, I'm asking you to bless me to be able to have the words that come out that needs to be at that appointed time. Lord, if you tell me to shut my mouth, Lord, I'm asking you to bless right now in the name of Jesus, that when I start shutting my mouth, that I'm able to be open to you and learn what I need to learn and take notes and know what's going on. See, that's the thing. This ain't even in my notes. Some of us need to be able to understand that if you ain't tapping into God lately, your prayer life, your being able to fast, excuse me, being able to sit there and fast and pray and meditate on his word and just being able to be in his presence. Oh my God. That's a lovely time to be in his presence. 
That's a blessing that is the harmonious time. You are on God's frequency. You are on in God's heavenly courts. You are in the presence of your friend, your savior, your mentor, your deliverer, your redeemer. I don't care whoever you are saying who God is in your life. He's just simply put, he is the one. Amen. So I wanted to get back into this. Amen. Please go into Nehemiah chapter two. All of Nehemiah is awesome. Please go into the book of Nehemiah. But let me go back. Nehemiah 2, chapter 2, verse 20. And because they were laughing at him, guess what? Then answered I them, and this is Nehemiah, and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Let me say that one more time. The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. We his servants will arise and build. Obedience. But ye have no portion. Oh Lord. No right. No memorial in Jerusalem. That means you have no business to be here, Satan. Do you understand that? Do you understand? That they had no business to be talking about God's people. See, let me let you let me let you in on a little bit of secret here. See, he has no right to sit there and say anything about what you've been doing on your assignment because you've been obedient. He can sit there and accuse you of not being on your assignment, but that's lying. He does that anyway, right? But what I'm saying is that he has no right. To sit there and laugh at Nehemiah and his people because they're doing what God says do. They're being obedient. They're getting up. When are you going to get up? Ooh, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Nehemiah and his people are getting up. When are you going to get up and build? And start building. Start having construction. Start fortifying who God is in you. It's not about what other people say, but what God has told you already. And what he has said lately is to rise and get up. Get up from your slumber and sleep, United States of America. Let me say that one more time. For the United States of America, get up and stop sleeping. Stop sitting there and thinking that God is going to save us once again. But you've been fornicating, you've been prospering, you've been doing all this other stuff in the church, United States. When you know for a fact you've been taking the tithes and not doing what God says do. Oh, come on now, this is not even in my notes. When you've been sitting there and you've been prostituting, I said it, you've been prostituting God's church and doing what you want to do when God told you not to. You've been sitting there and saying that, oh, I'm for God, but you letting everything else that is not of God into the church. Mm, that's not right. That's not what God has already ordained in your life. Come on, people. I'm talking about the apostles, preachers, teachers, whatever, whoever is over the church. When you know it's sin, call it out. Don't let it stay because you want to keep the money coming in. God will let you have your portion once you have been able to work in the vineyard. 
Let me say that one more time. When you've been out there evangelizing, talking to people, preaching and teaching and telling them and being genuine, being truthful to these people and saying that it's better to be in God's house than to be outside doing something else. See, some of you think that God is not listening. Oh, my God. That he is not listening and he's not hearing you. He's not sitting here and seeing what's going on in the churches. See, y'all need to sit here and realize that God is going to have his time. It's almost time for the judgment of the churches in in United States, and it's already started. And see, that's the thing is that you want to sit here and have every and anybody in your church preaching, and you knew the person wasn't living right. You knew the person wasn't doing what God says do. You weren't sitting there and just telling them, not just telling them, but honestly sitting there and saying, Pastor, I don't believe this person is of God. Pastor, I don't want that person in this church because guess what? They're not living the way that God needs for him to live or her to live. See, when it becomes more and more apparent who God is in your life, you recognize who God is and you recognize who your brothers and sisters are in Christ. And you know the, the spirit of God and you know the familiar. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. This ain't even in my notes. Look, you know who is of God and who's not of God. And I'm talking about even in the United States and around the globe. If you know for a fact that person is not of God, then they need to leave immediately. Stop sitting up here and profiting off of God's people. Stop sitting up here and getting their ties and going and rolling around in Rolls Royces and whatever car that you got. Whatever purses you have or whatever monetary things that you have not been able to get. Because you want to parade around like you're so holy. Woo-hoo-hoo. Come on now. You need to stop. Now, when you're sitting here and you're sitting here and you're acting like, pretending like, you know who God is, and you're absolutely, unequivocally, not doing anything that God says do, you're a fake and a phony, and God is exposing you. Now, let me tell you something. It's just like the ones that are over here laughing at Nehemiah. They have no right to the benefits that God's going to give these people. Ooh, come on, I'm going to say this one more time. They have no right to benefit off of this journey that Nehemiah and his, and his people have to go through. See, because of his obedience and Nehemiah going and getting the seal of approval from the king and then the materials to build the wall and have it fortified and structured again. Don't you know that's when the enemy wants to come in because he knows you're doing what God says do. You used to be up to no good. Now you're doing what God says do. See, you used to be out in the club, but now you're sitting up there sanctified and holy. You used to be able to go and ride this and do that. No, uh, uh, uh. God, you, you begin to fortify your mind and your heart and do other things that of God. <laughs> Saints of the most high. Let me tell you something. Fortification is to be able to build, tear it down, and build it back up. But you have to make sure 
there is no more infiltration. There is no more holes or 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 uh barbed wire or anything bad or anything you know sticking out or anything that can be um exposed to the enemy and it lets him come in and you are looking like wait a minute how did he get in let me say that one more time for the people in the back fortification is being able to look around and analyze the whole entire perimeter of the wall whether it's your heart, whether it's your mind, whether it's your mental awareness, whether it is your family, whether it is your job, whether it is your home, whether it is your vehicle, whether it is the people you hang out with, whether it is, come on now, let's say this, mom, dad, family too, extended and also your, and the, you know, internal, all that. We have to understand that the holes, that the that the memories, the bad memories, the, the things that we thought were gone and we let them go and now they're trying to come back. All of the former relationships you used to have that are trying to come back. Oh, come on now. See, sometimes the enemy will try to sit there and because they want you back so bad, He'll try to bring up everything out of your closet. Make sure your closet is empty. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. All of the stuff that you used to do, you need to make sure that you've already talked to God about it. And you have already recognized what it is. Talk to God about it and have dealt with it. Because the enemy will want to come back and put it back in your face. Just to see you crumble just to see you fall just to see you be tainted just because he knows his time is short let me say that one more time for the people in the back he will have friends to come former friends and try to stick you with shame and guilt he will have you in former relationships and saying this is the way that you used to be but god said no you have been forgiven that guilt and shame has already been replaced oh come on now come on now come on now y'all don't hear me this is not even in my notes see some people need to understand and know that the things that used to have so much prestige so much honor in your life the enemy wants you to remain where you were He wants you to remain right where you are. He wants you to be stagnant. He wants to put, you know, finances and homelessness and bills. And he wants to have all of these things to pile up, stack up. Car needs to be having tires. Uh, Home needs to be able, you got a flood in your home. You have all of these different elements going on. Lights going off. I mean, these are the things that happen to me. I know they're happening to you. And then on top of that, he wants to sit here and take your life because he thinks that the very thing that God has blessed you with, he wants to take you out. Oh, what you talking about, pastor? I'm talking about not just COVID. I'm talking about how you stop, how you speak and how you talk to God. How your time is very precious, but he'll try to make sure somebody calls during that time. He'll try to make sure one of your children is hurt or your husband needs you. See, he makes it convenient or inconvenient, rather, for you to talk to God. 
Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, I've learned there's patterns now. Every time when I'm about to get elevated in God, go to a different level in God, that's when the enemy wants to sit here and trump everything that I've been doing, everything that I've been done to, and how I've been able to do what God says do. See, he wants to trump you. He wants to trample you. He wants to decapitate you. He wants to make sure that you have no life whatsoever. But let me tell you something, baby. <laughs> what I learned is that through the homelessness, through having a child uh, walking all the time, through so many 20, 20 minutes going out, 20 blocks and all this other stuff. And you said 20 minutes, 20 minutes just to get ready and having to walk 20 blocks just to get to work and pregnant. See, those are the things that people need to understand and know and having to have to go on welfare and not and no one believing that you used to be a veteran in the United States Army. Oh, y'all didn't think it was going to be that deep, huh? Mm -hmm. It's going to get deeper. See, all of us go through things. All of us. But that doesn't mean that I'm tainted anymore. Come on now. That don't mean that I have the scars. Come on now. See, I have, my armor has been dinged up. <laughs> my, my, my armor has a little bit of, you know, so many holes, so many patches. Because I went to the carpenter and I went to the blacksmith. I went to God and said, God, you got to repair me because I can't be out on the battlefield exposed. Come on now, let me tell you, like, see, sometimes God will sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to let you have it for a little bit longer until I be able to get you another one for you going up another level. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the armor you have on, yes, it becomes bruised and battered and torn. But don't you know, God is sitting up here protecting you on the battlefield on the wall, on your assignment. So don't you dare sit there and say that God is not taking care of you. Don't you get there and say, wait a minute. Well, I, I don't know about, uh-uh. If God gave it to you, he's going to see you through it. I don't know who this is for. It may be just for me. But I'm going to say it like this. We all have come from a bad time in our lives. Some of us liars, treaters, hungmongers, all, shoot, prostitutes, witchcraft, all of that, all of that, and then some. But don't you know when God came in and he showed up and showed out through his son and covered us underneath the blood because we asked for forgiveness? Don't you know we're forgiven? And don't you ever let anybody else take you back to where you used to be. Don't let anyone else take you out of your character that you have not been able to sit there and stay in. Come on now, I'm saying this for somebody. Don't let no one sit there and say that you're not a child of God. They can call you anything underneath the sun, but you know who you are. You know whose you are, and you know who sits on the throne. Amen? Now let's go back. The portion you have you have levels to go up and your assignment is real. You have levels. So between those times that you have been able to have the valleys, don't you know in the valleys, 
That's where God sits there and he molds you and he breaks you and he shapes you. And then he sits there and he sits you up on the mountain when you're done. Because you conquered that assignment. Now I'm saying is that sometimes the assignment, you're going to sometimes repeat it. Because you got an F or you failed the first one. I'm, I'm going to say it like this because I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. I got my hand raised up. See, that's the thing is that we are guilty of our assignments and sometimes we fail them at first now because we didn't learn what we were supposed to learn the first time. So God sits there and says, okay, let me shift it around. Let me bring it back around for you to pass it. Take some notes. I had to take some, whew, take some serious notes. The reason why you are getting attacked because you are on your job. J-O-B. You are on assignment. And just like Nehemiah got attacked and his people, you're going to get attacked too. There is no exemptions. Not on this one. Not on anyone. Because if Jesus got attacked, don't you know you surely will be attacked? He even said it, paraphrasing. The world don't like me. The world does not love me. And they're not going to love you for the same reason. Because you're emulating you have the blood of Jesus on you and you have the Holy Spirit in you and you have God as your father. Don't you know this world don't like us? Get used to it because we're not of this world, not at all. Now, you are accomplishing your vision for God. You are walking into your destiny. God has called you to be strengthened as in a weak area. Something that strengthens or encourages something or someone. And this is mainly for the reinforcement. The process of encouraging or establishing a shield or a place for protection. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Whew. God is fortifying, encouraging you. And establishing a de design to provide additional assistance to you. Do you not understand that every time that I do this podcast, God is strengthening me and seeing that I'm going through things so I can be able to put it out to you. And I, like I said, I want to be transparent so much so that when you see me, I'll honestly tell you something is wrong or nothing is wrong. Or honestly, just to be transparent with you. Look, I had a hard day this year, this week. But God, but I mean, just, let's just be real. I had a hard week this week. Do you know such and such? And don't you know he let the enemy come in? But God, let's, let's, let's just be raw about that. And when you're in your weakness, God comes in to have somebody to strengthen or encourage you, i.e. the troops, supplies, or military forces. Do you not know that when the military is having to go in and it's not as many personnel or soldiers in the whole entire area, they have to be able to reinforce their whole entire battalion, command, platoon, troops, so that they bring in reinforcements, whether it is by, you know, a bird, which is a helicopter, 
or by attack planes. But God wants to let you know you ain't by yourself. And I love it when the enemy thinks you by yourself. Come on now. That's when God sits there and says, you know what? And you go into warfare and you start praying. You say, Lord, I need you right now. See, the enemy has me on the left and the right and also in the back and in the front. And God says, you know what? I'm going to send down one of my mighty angels to you. Go ahead and go down. Don't you know? And I want you to let it be made known who God is. He will have the enemy to look and say, oh, you're by yourself. You don't know what you're doing. He'll put you down mentally. He'll put you down naturally. He'll sit there and say, you ain't nothing. You're not going to be nothing. See, that's the thing. He'll try to kill you while you're in the womb. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. He will try to kill you from the very beginning. Oh, that happened to me? He will try to kill you from the beginning. But God. See, he has people to intervene. He wants you to know that you have reinforcements everywhere that you go. You have 10,000 angels at your command. All you have to do is open up your mouth and say, God, I need you. I need your help. No matter what's going on, don't you know God hears his children. He hears when you call. So when you need supplies such as in the spiritual, God, I need more substance. I need more meat. He will go and seek you and let you know in the scriptures where you need to go. Lord, I need time with you. He will give you time for meditation. Don't you know he's doing that for me? Don't you know God sits there and he, he gives out, he maps out that time because he knows what you need to know, to have the knowledge and the wisdom such as Solomon, to combat the enemy. Now, let me say this right here. Is that the a response to someone's behavior. See, we're going over to the psychological side. See, the enemy wants to say one thing, but I'm, I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to make sure that you start realizing and seeing how the similarities is because God sat there and he ordained it. Now the enemy wants to try to duplicate the same thing he's doing. A response to someone's behavior that is intended to make that person more likely to behave that way again. Positive slash negative reinforcement. Do you not understand that when the enemy comes in and he's sitting there tempting you, whether any type of devices that you love, like either to lie, either you lust after a woman or a man, either you do this or that, you are caving into that. And when you cave into that, when you were out there living, he would say that, oh, that's a positive. So I'm going to keep on feeding you that. I'm going to keep on nourishing what you like. And then you're, you see, it's like your natural man is, is getting fed, but your spiritual man is lacking. Come on now, let me say this one more time. See, he'll sit there and he'll give it out to you as a positive thing. Oh, well, you know, I, I got this person now and now I have this relationship, but God never wanted you in that relationship. He put up roadblocks and said, no, this is not your husband or your wife. Come on now. Come on now. 
He put those up for you to know that was not what God ordained. But you went on ahead and did it anyway. So now, you know, you're in the lovey-dovey stage. You're thinking, oh, everything is peachy clean, hunky-dory. But then here comes the reality. When he goes, he or she starts hitting you, start disrespecting you, start cussing at you, start being, you know, all these different things, putting their hands on you, being narcissistic, being so controlling, so rule over you. That's when you sit back and you realize this was a negative impact on your life. What have I done? That's when you sit there and say, God, you know, can you please help me? And honestly, let's be honest now, because some of us have been in that situation. I'm putting my hand up because I've been in relationships where I should not be. Former boyfriends, I shouldn't have been. But you know what? God had to teach me my valuableness in him. I know that's not a word, but he had to teach me how valuable I am in him, how I am precious in his sight, how beautiful I am, that the maker of this earth is the maker of me. Let me say that one more time. The maker of this earth knew me before I even came on the scene. He knew me in my mother's womb. And you would hear children, you know, women saying that, while they were pregnant, their child was just kicking and laughing and, and playing. That's God. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe he's talking to you and noticing you and, and, and seeing all the dimples you had and all the cheekbones you had and, and the smile, all oh, the smile, all the ways that he was noticing how your growth was. But let me say this, going back to one now you want to sit here. Some people blame God. That's absolutely wrong. And then some people realize that they messed up and they think they can't go back to God. Let me, let me say that one more time. See, this ain't even in my notes. If you messed up, come back home. If you have done anything wrong, ask God for forgiveness and come back home. I had to realize that my grandmother, my big mama, big daddy, they gave us the lecture, the talk when we were young. See, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and the streetlights used to come on in the summertime. And we would go out and play down the hill. I mean, it was a huge, big hill, but that's where the playground was. And we would sit there with my cousins, all of them boys, and play and, you know, joke and laugh until you can see the sun was going down. And the first street light would come on, Tan, hurry up, let's go. I he keep on hearing my cousin, Big Rob, my cousin, Rodriguez, my cousin, whoo, my cousin Reggie. And they would say, come on, Tan, let's go. So my little legs would try to pump up the heel, run up the heel, and you know, I'm 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 running, you know, I'm 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 huffing, I'm puffing, and you know, it was, you know, it it became, you know, cumbersome sometimes because my little legs couldn't catch up with their tall legs. And I would get up the hill and I would try to breathe in and out. <laughs> Take a, you know, a huge 
breath in and then try to breathe it out. And notice that we got five more street lights just to be able to get to my big mama and big daddy's house. And they would always, hey, come on, you can't stay too long. So I would always be just running, just running. And you would see the street lights coming on. Boop, boop, boop. And before we had to be in, we had to be in, in the area, the front area, before the street light came on. So it was a relief to me. That as soon as I'm about to unlatch the gate and latch it back, I'm inside. And I'm inside the area and I feel so good because the streetlight came on. And I'm not getting yelled at. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting punished for what if I was late. Now, if the porch light came on, we better be in the house. How many of you are still out? Now, I'm talking about the ones that are not you know, not of God, not saved, but also the ones that are saved, the ones thinking that they're doing something they know they're not supposed to be doing. You still out there and God is calling you. He's commanding you to come back. He's commanding you to do what God says do no matter what. He's commanding you to repent and come back to home. Come back to him. No matter how long you've been out there, he still wants you to come back. Don't you know that every time that I was able to come into my big mama and big daddy's house and go take a shower and clean myself up and get ready for bed, that was the best thing because I knew I was loved. I knew deep down in my heart that they loved me and I loved them. See, that's the thing is that no matter how far we go away from God, he is always there as a perfect gentleman and waiting for us to come home. Hell was not designed for us. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Hell was not designed for us. But because Satan knew that, he was able to convince Adam and Eve to sin. Now hell is becoming a part of us and we have so many people even in church sitting in church going to hell it's not about the religiousity of it not just attending it but living it doing what god says do being obedient to him even when it's going to cost your life this ain't even in my notes y'all all i'm saying is that do what god says do you won't get punished like satan wants to punish you. If you are doing witchcraft, sorcery, all of those things that are forbidden, stop doing it. Well, I've been in it for too long, pastor. No, no, go back to God. Go back to God. Ask him to heal and forgive you and heal your land. Renounce all of that things that are not of him. Get rid of the boyfriend or the girlfriend you know you're not supposed to be with. Let me say that one more time. Get rid of them. Say, I'm sorry, I can't have a relationship with you anymore because God has called me to be better. He has called me to be anointed and appointed until my husband or my wife has been able to come on the scene. 
I had to understand and know that in psychology, the action of causing a subject to learn to give or to increase the frequency of a desired response is a classical condition. Don't you know the enemy will sit there and dangle things in front of you and say, oh, nobody's going to know. Oh, nobody's going to remember. Oh, you won't get in trouble. Come on now. Come on now. But the decisions that we are making are life and death decisions. Let me say that one more time. It is life and death decisions because we don't want to sit there. We don't want to consult God. We don't want to tell God what's going on. We want to think that we're God's ourselves. Little G that is. We think we have all the power, all the answers. We don't need him. I'm sorry, but that's not true. That is definitely not true. I am not out here by myself. Thank you, Lord. He is always present with me. It says it in his word. If you go to hell, he is there. Go to heaven, he is there. He is on the earth. Everywhere our presence is, he is there. So why are you sitting there and letting the enemy play you so that you cannot have eternal life? Why are you letting him reap the benefits of you going to hell? Let me say that one more time. Why are you sitting here and letting him win when God said we win? He has created you to be with him and to live with him eternally. So why is it? Why is it that you are living beneath your needs? Living beneath what God has called you to do. Come on, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up, body of Christ. And see, with classical conditioning, it involves the repeat presentation of an unconditional stimulus, such as food. He'll dangle you in front of like a woman, a man, food, whatever you, Netflix, I'm TV, I'm just saying, YouTube, Facebook, all of that, dangle it in your face. By the time you get to recognize what's going on, it is too late. You get preoccupied, or rather paired with a condition. Stimulus such as the sight of food. Every time that you see it, you're ready to go and do what you need to do. You're ready to sit there and say, okay, as I was continuing to say, is that he will dangle things right in front of you. Rather, pair it with a condition stimulus, something that you love, something that you really think that you can't do without, such as the sight of food, shopping, going on field trips, what have you, but not taking God with you. And also the operating conditioning involves the use of a reward following a correct response or a punishment following an incorrect response. Let me tell you something. When you do what God says do, you get rewarded. Yes. But when you don't do what God says do, don't you know that's death? That's that's something that you can't live without. If you don't want to listen to God, who are you going to have? Who are you going to know? What I, What honestly God is trying to tell you is that every time that you, yes, you and me, do not follow his way of doing things. He's going to sit there and he can turn you over 
to the enemy because of your disobedience. He can make you so much so as Saul having a reprobating mind. And he's sitting up here and he's so, so insaturated with people and what they think, but not what God thinks. He, he wants to know and incline to see, you know, he wanted the people, people kept grumbling. Oh, well, we should do this. We should do that. So he went on ahead and did the sacrifice when Samuel told him he should not, but wait for him. How many times are you going to seriously do that? And God not sit there and say, I, I, I'm done. When God says he's done, he's done. But y'all don't want to hear that. We're living in a time where people are saying good is good and evil is evil. Please, when you want to do what God says do, please do it. Don't have to do it. Don't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to do it, but don't didn't do it. Don't you know God doesn't need you? He can use someone else. You're just a willing vessel and supposedly so, rightfully so. But please understand your mindset the way that you operate in God, it should not be out of sync, out of order of God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When we are operating in God, and that's obedience. But when we do not operate in God, the punishment is there. Ask Pharaoh, ask Saul. And he was the first king of Israel. And he had dealt with witchcraft calling Samuel back. And when Samuel paraphrasing now told him, why are you calling me? Because he did that thing. He said, look, because you've done this, you and your sons shall be with me. It boggles my mind how us as Christians, kingdom building people can get it twisted. But then we did not educate ourselves on the things of God and also of man. We didn't educate ourselves on how God is supposed to be for us. We didn't educate ourselves on the relationship we have with God is so important. We didn't educate ourselves that certain holidays are not conducive with what God has already said in his word. Resurrection Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. It is not Easter. Easter is a paganistic holiday that celebrates a queen or rather a witch that was in Egypt. But people don't want to hear that. See, it's getting to the point now that we need to educate ourselves of who God is in our life. The importance of who God is and how we are shaped by those decisions and those actions of what God is. They say operating conditions, God says, obedience or death. Since we have been under the law of sin, the enemy wants us to stay under the same law. And by tempting us through everything we've been through, all the devices and every situation we've been through, he wants us to remain. But since you've been out of that situation, been out of everything else that the enemy has been able to throw at you, reinforcements, re-enfortify who you are in God. The reinforcements can be your pastor, can be your friends that are of God, 
can be asking God, simply put, God, I need help. Can you bring somebody? Can you surround me with people that's like-minded like me? Not jealousy, no hatred, no, you know, anything like that. But give me like-minded people that are willing to go the distance for you. That are willing to sacrifice everything they have because they know what's the cost. Reinforcements that you know your supplies and you know that your word and that your, your Bible and, and that you can be able to rely on them for a word of God. It boggles my mind because so many people don't realize that sometimes, sometimes God has you out on the battlefield, on the wall, sometimes by yourself because he needs to make sure he has built you differently so that when the enemy tries to come in and tries to infiltrate that you can stand your ground. You have your brothers and your sisters in Christ, yes. But sometimes God wants to test you by yourself so that he knows what you're capable of. He already knows that, but he's trying to teach you what you're capable of. All right. And I hope this helps someone. No, I'm here. I'm praying for you to go through your tests and your trials and tribulations. Know that all of the times that when they're getting, when you are getting infiltrated, God is there too. Know how to pray. Let God teach you how to pray. Like God know how it is to be able to go the distance because he's been near, done that, his son has. And he knows, he knows the beginning to the end. Rely on him for everything, amen. And for the ones that do not know Christ as their savior and they're always being infiltrated and the enemy is not worried about you, realize that that is a problem because he has you. And you know that cannot always be your final destination. If you are able to change your way of life, your way, your standards of life, repent, turn back to God. And it says in Romans 10, chapter 9 and 10, that if you confess with the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, paraphrasing, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You can confess it, believe it, ask for forgiveness right there in your home. Please make sure he is the one that is the head of your life, the head of your household, the head of everything that you have. And also for the infiltrations, stay in touch with God. He knows how to help you to bring in the reinforcements, who to talk to about your situations so that they can pray over you and be with you in the battle because you're not by yourself. And if God has you on that wall by yourself, know that he is there with you with 10,000s of angels right by your side. Amen. I am so grateful that you have been able to find my podcast and to my listeners that have been listening with me thank you so much if you like what you have heard thus far 
Please follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Audible, Spotify, and Edify, and Stitcher. And also hmm, on YouTube. Please, if you love what you see or you enjoying what you're hearing, please show us by leaving a five-star rating that will help us to reach more and more people. And if you have any questions or comments, it's okay if you leave them at It Is Written by Latanya Uyola. My name is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A, last name U-L-L-O-A. And like I said, I do have my Facebook. It is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And I'm honest, to be honest with you, I'm on YouTube too, just to make sure. Let me know what you think. Please have your questions and comments to come in. We would love to hear from you. Pastor Peanut, Minuet, and myself. I thank you so much for being with us. I thank you so much for sharing your time and your journey with us and being able to pause for a few moments to listen. Some face a lifetime of falling tears, but he's in the darkness, he's in the cold, just like the morning he always shows. It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say Help is on the way, round in the corner Help is on the way, coming for ya Help is on the way, yeah, yeah I lived enough life to say